Welcome to Crosspoint Community Church. We meet every Sunday exploring the practical, transforming, and relevant teaching of the Bible by doing life together. Visit our website at crosspointonline.org to learn more. Now, get ready for a powerful message from God's Word. Good morning, good morning. Can I get a good morning from the in-person crew? Good to see you, and uh, also to our Zoom friends and family. How y'all doing? Let me see it right there. All right, good to see you, and our Facebook friends and family. We are doing the Facebook thing today, right? Okay, I knew we were. I just, I just wanted to, I just wanted y'all to do something. All right, Happy New Year. Well, it's still the New Year, twenty twenty one. And uh, we are so uh, thankful uh, that uh, God has blessed us with another day and uh, potentially another year unless uh, Jesus comes back. And then, you know, we'll be really happy at that particular point. Um, So good to be with you as we uh, start out, kick off this new year uh, here at Cross Point. And I wish we could all be together in person, but hey... We are together by the miracle of technology uh, through Zoom and Facebook as we we come here. All right, just a couple of things I just want to point out before we get going this morning is that uh, uh, 2020 obviously was uh, filled with its share of challenges. And I just want you to know uh, that 2021 will be filled with its share of challenges. Uh, It's just going to be different because Jesus says, in this world you will have what? Trouble, but take heart, he's overcome the world. Uh, Some of the great, uh, my mentors and people that I look to that look at culture and assess what's going on saying, you know, as hard as 2020 was, for especially for followers of Jesus Christ, uh, there's this deep belief that uh, 2021 is even going to be more challenging and more difficult uh, because we continue to live in a post-truth culture. And uh, so we uh, must depend on the Lord uh, for each and every aspect of our life. There's no coasting. There's no coasting. So uh, say that with me, you in-person people. 2021, there's no coasting. There's be no coasting this year. We're going to be very intentional uh, with what God's uh, leading us to do. We're really excited about the opportunities. Uh, even with the challenges comes a great opportunity for God's grace to be manifested on us and for him to lead us into new discoveries of himself and really ourself and what he has called us to, to be and do. Um, just uh, uh, hope that everybody had a great uh, Christmas season as you, as you celebrated the birth of, of Jesus and uh, uh, the eternal difference that that has made in uh, each of our lives and hopefully it's made in yours. Uh, and uh, that you're ready for this new year. You're ready uh, to, to continue to live your life in a way to, uh, of the prayer that Jesus gave us you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done uh, uh, in my life, in your life, in our body in this coming year. And if that's if that happens, it's going to be really exciting. And so let's just pray that it will. A um, couple of just uh, housekeeping things just want to point out uh, is that uh, we 
uh, are kind of in the middle of this uh, de-decorating. So thankfully, uh, uh, Tammy twisted Frank's arm and got him here earlier in the week. And so they got a lot done as far as de-decorating from Christmas, but there's gonna be some more going on today. And, and not a, as you can see, not a whole lot, but if you can stay for a few minutes after the service and, and help uh, de-decorate and put up some of these things that we would really, really appreciate it. Um, also, I think, uh, Aaron, where's Aaron? Are we going to be, are we going to kind of move some stuff around for the polling? Because this is a polling station. We are? Yeah, all right. So, yeah, the, uh, boy, they moved every chair in the building, you know, last time. I think they went up on the third floor and moved chairs last time. But that's all right. So, uh, that's going to be happening if you can. Now, Zoom people, uh, I don't know how y'all going to just pray for us. Okay. Cause you're not going to be able to stay and de-decorate or anything like that. Uh, but do something, get sweaty and all that stuff. Uh, all right. Uh, before, before we go, uh, go on, I just want to see if there's any, any yay gods or any announcements or, um, anything new, anybody, you know, pregnant, uh, anybody getting married this year. Okay. <laughs> Well, you can have more. <laughs> All right. Um, any, any news out there? Nothing? Nothing? Hey, any news out there in Zoom, Zoom land? Okay, we'll hear about it later. Um, and then uh, Facebook, you can just, you can, you can chat on the little Facebook. What do you call that when they do something? You can comment. <laughs> That's weak. Golly. Uh, all right. Uh, last thing uh, for the for the uh, regular folks here, you know, we have the Christmas card exchange, uh, and uh, if you haven't picked up your Christmas cards, they the they are out there in in the in the big in the big hall. So go look for your go look for yours and and pick them up. There's a lot of Christmas love that has come your way over the Christmas time. All right, let's go, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then uh, we'll look to his word together. Jesus, thank you so much uh, for your amazing love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that everything that we were celebrating uh, during Advent is so true. You are our hope. You don't just give us hope. You are our peace so much more than just giving us some. You are joy, the joy of our life. And you are love. You are light in life. May we encounter you today uh, through your presence of your Holy Spirit and through the power, the living power of your word as we just gather to sit at your feet, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we do ask that you just um, do a mighty work. Open our eyes, open our hearts, open our minds that we may truly see. Just help us to see ourselves as you see us in this moment in order that, Lord, your, your kingdom would come and that your will would be done. Um, and I pray, Lord, that you just kind of sanctify uh, the homes or the places uh, where our brothers and sisters are, are joining us uh, via Zoom and Facebook. Uh, just capture these as holy and special moments 
as Lord, you kick off this year um, on this Sunday. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles. Zoom folks, grab your Bibles. Facebook folks, grab your Bibles, either a hard copy or electronic copy, whatever it is. And uh, we're going to open up to uh, James, uh, the book of James. We're continuing uh, in this series, Real Faith for Rough Times, through the book of James. And so uh, this is probably week 9, 10, I'm not really sure, but uh, it's taken us quite a while because James packs a punch. Uh, and uh, uh, we're going to be uh, camping out in chapter 4 today, but James uh, chapter 4. Now, in 1970, uh, there was a song came out by Edwin Starr. It was called War. Any of y'all remember that? Yeah. It says, one, two, three, four, war. Get down, y'all. What is it good for? Uh, what is it good for? And, uh, and then he goes, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, here's some of the lyrics. I despise. It means destruction to innocent lives. War means tears to thousands of mothers' eyes. War, huh, yeah. Uh, what is it good for? Nothing. War, huh, whoa, whoa, Lord. What is it good for? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Now, that was during a very turbulent time. Doug, I almost let you sing that today, but because uh, uh, I know you could, and I know you know all the words on there, but, um, you know, those were, those were very uh, turbulent days. Not very much, not unlike the days that we're, we're experiencing here uh, and, and our day, some, what is this, 50 years later. But the reality is, is that, you know, th this whole aspect of war, we kind of just, it's like a word and, and we just say it and, and, and we've almost become numb to it. But there's, there's all kind of wars. And sometimes it excites us and, uh, you know, and we, we get stimulated. But, um, you know, right now we're in the middle of a Georgia war, you know, and it seems like all the eyes of the nation are right here on Georgia because of the political war that we're in. Uh, but it's not just, you know, the physical dynamics of war or political wars, uh, but we see war in the streets. Uh, we see war in homes and we see war in our own hearts. War. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Now, you know, for people who think that the Bible is not relevant uh, I would have to say they haven't read the book of James. Um, and specifically, as we look to this chapter uh, in chapter 4, as James continues as the pastor there of the early church in Jerusalem, is he is enabling these new followers, these new believers to understand uh, they're, they're now immersed in a new way of life, a new culture that they can't continue to live as the world has taught them to live or according to the guidelines of the world. But now we are under a new lordship, a new kingship. And so he takes uh, these inspired words and he challenges them, uh, kind of jolts them with really a sobering passage that is still sobering and relevant for us today. Uh, and he is saying this in... You know, to put it in context, he's saying there's this worldly way 
customary way to live that, you know, we just, if we're not thinking, if we're not intentional, we're just going to do it. That's the way we're going to live. We're going to live like the people that we're around and we see and like the world around us. But then there's God's way. And uh, he had spoken about that our last time that we were together in chapter three. He says there's worldly wisdom and there's godly wisdom, you know, and, and they are vastly, eternally different. And so now he picks up right after that saying, well, here, here's God's wisdom. Here's the world's wisdom. And you need to understand the difference between the two. And then he picks up with chapter four, verse one. And he carries on. He says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desire, desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that the Spirit He calls to live within us envies intensely? But He gives us more grace. That is why Scripture says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God. And he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Father, we just thank you again for your word. And, and, and um, we ask that you would, through your Holy Spirit, that you would just really... Speak truth to us and that our eyes and hearts would be responsive to your word today here on this first Sunday of 2021. Be glorified in this hour, we pray, because you're worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so now don't, don't check out on me going, well, you know, I'm not in any big war. I'm, you know, I'm not in any real big uh, tussle right now. Uh, Christmas, the Christmas holidays went pretty smooth, you know, in, in our family, you know. And so there was not all this bickering and fighting and all this kind of stuff. And, it, and that's just not true. But, you know, you could think that because we, we know how it works out there. Um, one of my, one of my children says, you know, just accept it. That's just the way it is when families get together. There's going to be some scuffling, you know, going on. And I'm going to, what family you were, you obviously weren't in my house. Uh, all right. But James, James talks about three wars, uh, that's going on in the world as we live three wars. Now he's not saying this is exclusive, but he, he, he is specifically, uh, speaking about three wars. And not only the ones that are going on, but he's saying, I'm also going to tell you how it can be stopped. So that's good news. We don't need just news about what's going on, but it's good news whenever we know how that things can be changed. And so let's pick up right here. First thing he is addressing is an age-old problem. He says this, this is one war that's going on. We have war with each other. 
We battle with each other. There's, there's fights, there's tension. And that's the question that he asked there in that very first part of that first verse. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Now, what he is addressing here in this early church, can you believe his church? He's saying, you young Christians, why are y'all quarreling? Why are y'all fighting? You know, why is there this issue? You know, the Bible tells us that the world will know that we're gods by the love that we have for one another, not by the, the fights and the quarrels. What's going on here? Now, he's going to address that. Uh, and we're going, well, yeah, that's just the way it's always been. No, well, that's the worldly way. That's the worldly way. Don't embrace it. Don't just say that's the way it is because God sent Jesus at the highest price so that there could be a radical difference in every one of our lives. So um, he said, we have this war with each other. So there's arguing, there's fighting, there's fussing, you know, and it happens in relationships. It happens in our homes. It happens in the streets. We've seen a lot of that, you know, in the streets of our nation uh, over this last year with all of the tension and, and, um, and the fussing and the fighting and the, oh, it's just a lot going on. Uh, and, and, and here he's saying, why is it going on in the church? And, and he's going, well, I'm, I'm going to show you why. And, and one, of, one of it is either, either you're just a young, immature Christian and uh, God's wanting to, sh to, to do a great work in your life because that's not God's way. This is not the way we achieve what, what God really wants and our best in life. But it may be because you're not a Christian at all, even though you think you are. You know, because there's, even in that day, there were those who had the possession of true faith and then others who had a profession. Like, I'm a professing Christian. You know, uh, and uh, there's a lot of things that we do to make us feel like like we are. But he, what he says there is really an answer to uh, what he had talked about in chapter three. If you still have your Bibles open, uh, look with me at verses 14 through 16. He says, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly unspiritual of the devil. He said, okay, if there's this, this, this jealousy, if there's this ambition, he said, that's, that's, that's earthly. That's of the devil. It's unspiritual. It's worldly. And then he goes on to say, and where uh, you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Now, in verse 1, he says, don't they come from your desires that battle within you? So, okay, why is it that we get revved up? Why is it that there's this tension in the tank? Why is it that there's the fussing and the fighting and the arguing? You know, uh, in our relationships, in our homes, with those that we love, in churches, uh, among, you know, states, among governments, and what, what, what's going on? And he says, it's, it's, isn't it the desires? And he calls it the, another, maybe your translation said, these lusts that battle within you. Now, that word desire is, in the Greek form, is um, we use to, uh, and the base for the word we use for hedonism. You know, and what that really means is, I live, my whole view of life 
is that I live for pleasure and, and, and it's about me. You know, it really revolves around me. And so he said, isn't, isn't the reason that there's tension in this reason there's wars and there's fighting is because of this, these desires that are warring in you. And that word is desire is just like an over desire. It's, it's, it's too much of a desire. And it could be, a des- you know, God gives us these good things like love's a good thing. But if you have an over desire for love, you can, you can lead you to some wrong decisions and, and, and a bad experience. Sex, a good thing. But God says an over-desire is whenever I choose to fulfill my sexual need my way. It's, it's this over-desire. Our money, our power, our influence, whatever it may be, it's an over-desire. It goes over the banks of, of God's intention, of God's river of life that he has for us. And, and, and what it's really saying is you have these things that have become so, so important to you in that moment that you care more about that than you do about Jesus. You want that more than you want Jesus. You say, no, I don't. No, I don't. And you go, oh, oh, yeah. Because what James is telling us, he said, you it's going, to, it's going to get flushed out in your behaviors and your actions and your attitudes. So he says here, you know, why, why, why is there so much turmoil? Why is there conflict? Why is there chaos? He says, because, you know, that you're having with each other. And he says, isn't because these desires that battle within you. That answers the question why we're at war with one another, which brings us to that second war that's going on. It's not just war out there that we have with one another, but we're at war with ourselves. We're at war with ourselves. That's what he's saying. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And then he goes on, you know, when you ask, you ask with wrong motives. What's he saying here? He's, he, he's saying the battle within yourself is because it's describing th- those of us who bought into the world system, the world system of thought, of beliefs, of behaviors, of values. So we've just kind of, Absorb this stuff, what the world thinks, what the world believes, what the values are, the behaviors of the world. And at the very core of it is simply this. It's all about me. It's all about me. You know, uh, I choose my identity. I choose my direction, you know, uh, and I I want what I want when I want it. And, and you go, well, I, that's definitely not me. I, I, I'm not driven. He's going, well, if there's turmoil, if there's conflict, if there's constant wars with yourself and with others, then there's still a lot of, of, of that that's driving your life. You know, you know, and, and, and you know, you go, 
people exist, if you know, they really exist to serve me. God, you know, if he exists, he exists to serve me. And you're going, absolutely not. I'm a Christian and I know better than that. I serve God. But, but James is saying, well, what is your lifestyle revealing about that? What are your actions? What are your behaviors? What's your bank account? What's all that showing? He's saying, because it's going to come out in your life. In your life, not just in the words, but in your life. You know, you know, even Jesus said, you know, you honor, you, you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. Now, I'm just going to say that this is really a sobering passage as we come to this, uh, because it's, it's a powerful checklist for us to see where we are in our walk with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So really, he said the reason for this conflict within, so we're at war kind of here, is because of this self-centered, self-oriented, self-sovereign belief system. You know, it's about me. And, And God, I really want you to do this for me because I know this would make me happy. Um. Look, look here, look here in verses, just start with verse two. We'll just start there. Look at the number of the time, number of times it says you, 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 you. You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have it. What you want, you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you, I mean, you see where this is? We get so preoccupied with me. And God's saying, well, wow, I came to deliver you not only from your sin, but from yourself. <laughs> That's why Jesus came. Um, who was that uh, country singer that had that song? You know, you, 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 you. Who was that? I can't remember his name. Um, some of y'all would know it. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but any, anyway, he got, he's saying, you know, you, all this stuff, you know, it's going on. And, and he's really saying the, the battle, you know, within is because really you're going to the wrong source. Rather than truly believing that God is who he says he is and that he loves you and, and, and what he says in his word that he will provide for your every need. We're going to the wrong source. We're little. And we go, I didn't mean to, but that's, that's what's happening. Rather than going to God, and I don't know if it's because of just habit or, or because we just don't really believe that God really, really has our best interests at heart. But he's saying, you're going, you're look, you're, you're going to the wrong source. See, selfish desires lead to wrong behaviors because what he says there, these desires lead to killing, you covet, you quarrel, you argue, you fight. These self-centered, self-led, unchecked self leads to these uh, wrong behaviors. And, and selfish desires also lead to wrong praying. And, you know, we're praying like, well, really more of, I, I can, I've been a Christian long enough that I can position it to where it sounds really good and spiritual, but really it's to serve me. And all you got to do is just kind of look at your internal gauge of like, you know, what's setting you off? What's getting you mad? What's getting you angry? You know, what is it? One, one, one uh, 
theologians said, when our praying is wrong, our whole life is wrong. So really what this comes down to and, and, and what James is doing is, is providing us a sobering checklist for this real faith that we're talking about for rough times. The real faith that really is deepened and forged during rough times. You know, when people oppose us and whenever things don't go away. It, 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 this is a, a, a sobering checklist to show, is our faith real? Uh, he's saying, number one, if you don't have the real thing, it may be uh, if there's friction and fighting and, and you just can't get along with people or if, if there's just unchecked longing or, or you're just not happy, you just can't seem to really get satisfied. He may be saying, you, you just ask me, I'll show you. You may not have the real thing. Because see, there's a... A big difference between a profession of faith and the true possession of a saving faith. And, and one of the things that he is addressing here, he said, now one of the reasons that there's a problem that's going on in the church is you've got, some, you've got a lot of you that have the real thing. You have been transformed. Jesus Christ has come in and you have surrendered to him. And, and you're not perfect. You never will be until he comes back. You know, but you're always in that process of longing for that relationship with him. There's that desire, that deep abiding desire to know him better and to love him more. And uh, even that's a check. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Am I, what? Am I loving this stuff? Am, am I trying, wanting to know this better, know about this better and love this? Where's my love? Where's my affection? Um, he's saying there's going to be people in the church uh, that, you know, they possess, profess it. Their morals have been influenced. Their moral behavior has been influenced by Christianity. Uh, uh, you know, they, they, they're active in church, maybe serving in church but they don't have the real thing. And part of the reason for there's a struggle is you've got true, real faith believers trying to do life with folks who haven't submitted and surrendered their lives to God. It's still a, it's still a cultural Christianity thing. Uh, people um, at that particular time uh, experience that, and we experience this today. You know, and as I read this, I'm going, whoo, Lord, man. Help us, help us. So he's saying, you know, there's this war with others, and the reason for that is a war within, but he says ultimately the root cause of conflict, war, all this battle stuff is that we're at war with God. There's a war with God going on. And that's what he says in, in verses 4 and 5. Look, he says, You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. So what he's saying is, one war is all this stuff that's going on with people 
we, we, we struggle, we fight, all this kind of stuff. And, and, and that's whenever there's this carnal, self-led kind of stuff. It's not saying that as Christians, true, real faith Christians, we don't have those times. But there is a response, a rapid response of submitting that and seeking God's forgiveness and God's reconciliation process with those that we're in conflict with. Um, but he's saying there's the war and the struggles within that's going on. And we see that even the people that you look out there, that's got all the money and got power and position and you go, well, they, they don't seem like they're struggling. You know, that's reason. That's reason they're spending so much of their time and effort and energy and counseling sessions and with psychiatrists and psychologists and all that kind of stuff. Oh, there's a war going on. We just, we've just learned how to mask it pretty good and cope with it. But he's saying ultimately then there's this war with God. It's there's this rebellion against God. Now, I know we're sitting here and we're saying, you say, man, I, I am not at war with God. I'm not at war with God. I know that he would win. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to pick a fight with God. I'm not going to do it. Or, or you say, you know, God is not my enemy. Now, God is not my enemy. Well, James says right here that, he puts it this way. If we, he said, we are, if we're friendly with God's enemies. One, one of the ways that we're at war with God is when we are friendly with God's enemies. And he lists for us three right here. Number one, he says, don't you know that friendship with the world, and he's not talking about the tangible physical world with the beautiful sunrise and sunsets and snow and all that kind of stuff. He's talking about the world value system, the world thought, world belief. It's just all about me, and I'm going to dictate what's best for me, and I'm going to fight for that because it's all about me. I mean, that's pretty simple, isn't it? Because we look out in the world and we see so much struggle and so much fighting and so much conflict, and uh, it's like, why can't we get along? You know, and, you know, but, you know, back whenever in, in the city of Atlanta, you know, whenever all the riots and they would just got ugly, ugly, ugly. You know, our, our political leader said, we're better than this. Remember that? No, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. Now, what they meant to say was we should be better than this. I wish we were better than this. But see, God has already, you know, He's already given the verdict. We're not better than this. It's called the depravity of mankind. Apart from the saving, redemptive, transforming grace of Jesus, we are not better than this. But oh, that's all about me. Oh, that self prideful person is going to be going, yeah, I'm better than this. And I, I, uh, see, that's world think. That's world think. God screamed, you are not better than this whenever He offered His Son up on the cross. Mm -mm. He says... Um, this world is anti-God. You say, but it's kind of, I'm just neutral. You know, it's not, no, no. Jesus says, if you're not with me, you're what? 
against me. And we kind of go, oh, it's just, no, no, it's anti-God, anti-Jesus. And gradually he says this can have an impact even on real faith believers. Because what he's saying here is, don't you know that friendship with the world? See, first there's friendship with the world. Well, we live here, so we might as well be friends. And, all, you, know, we, you know, friendship with the world leads to, can lead to loving the world. And what John talks about in 1 John chapter 2, verses 5 through 17, he says, if you've loved the world, the love of the Father's not in you. I've always kind of struggled with that. It's like, well, I mean, I, but no, he's saying if, if you love this, this whole belief system that it's all about me, and I, I you know, it's just leave it up to others to, to, to choose what they want to do and their identity and, and, and their way of life and their direction and what's best for them. And it, it, no, that's anti God, that's anti Jesus. Friendship with the world can lead to love in the world, and love in the world leads to what Paul says, conforming to the world. Do we look more as followers of Jesus Christ like the world, or do we look more like Jesus? You know, as I'm looking at this, I'm going, James, stop. Wow. And then he just, sweet James, I mean, he, he lowers the boom right here. He says, you adulterous people. So what he is equating here is he's, this, uh, this whole lifestyle is, is, is spiritual adultery. And especially for these earlier listeners uh, here in James, they understood that because they were contemporaries of, of you know, they, had, they knew the stories about Hosea, you know, who God said, do you want you to marry this beautiful woman? Woo, yay, thank you, Jesus. Her name was Goma. But only problem was, is that she was ruthlessly unfaithful. And she'd go catting around and she would be intimate and give her love to someone else. And God said, go get her back. And he goes, man. And then she'd do it again. Go get her back. Go get her back. Go get her back. And then he goes, now you know what I feel like. I've paid the highest price for you. I've loved you as no one will ever love you. And you're, and you're loving it. You're chasing after all this stuff. You're lusting after this stuff. You're craving this. That's your abiding desire, not me. Don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. It's, it's not like, God, you're in me. It means you're an enemy of God. What? Wow. One of the good ways for us to assess where our affection is is just we need to look where our time, our energy, our money is. is. I mean, where, where is this? Where's the, all that focus? So he says, if you're, are, you, are, you, are you being a friend of the world? Another way, he says, you know, being friendly with the flesh. Um, right there, he goes... Um, 
in, in this particular passage right there, that as Christians, you know, it, it, we've got this, 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 don't you know they come from the desires that battle within you, your flesh? Uh, when we come to, to know Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior, we receive the, his nature, a new nature. You know, that, that was a passage I sent out, 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 17, on New Year's Day to, to a lot of our family members. You know, if anyone is in Christ, behold, he is new. Hallelujah. We got a new, we've got a new nature. We don't have that old, depraved nature anymore. Now we have his nature. We have the life of Jesus in us, but we still have the flesh. We, 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 you know, some people call it the old nature, but we don't have two natures. You know, we're just one. I know some of us are kind of like, whoa, but uh, we only one. E either we're of the world and depraved or we've been redeemed by Jesus. And now we've got our, our flesh, these old ways of stuff that's, that's there. And that's, you know, that's not removed from us. And we all know that we can testify to that, this, this flesh stuff. But, but what he's saying there is that we can't be driven by or led by, but that's the world system. The world system's living for the flesh. You know, it says, you know, uh, you know, if, if it feels good, what? Do it. You know, if that's what I want, let's go for it. Whatever. But listen to what, listen to what Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. He says, so I lay, say live by the Spirit. Live by this new nature. Live by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. So you do not do what the flesh wants. Well, it can't be bad if it feels so good. Who was that? Debbie Boone? It can't be wrong if it feels so right. And we just kind of subtly slip into all of this. And James is saying, no, no. Living to please and gratify the flesh, what he's pointing out is rebellion against God. Romans 8, 7 says, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. You go, well, I think this is right. This is the way I think we should do it. This is the way we should handle this. We're having trouble with our marriage, so let's, let's, let's handle it this way. And this is, I mean, you can be a believer and totally miss out on being led by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Why? Because we're just floating through the current of this culture. The world is at war with the Father. The flesh is at, <laughs> is at war. The world is at war with God the Father. The flesh is at war with God the Holy Spirit. And the devil is at war with God the Son. Warren Wisby. Warren Wisby. I like that. It makes a lot of sense to me. And he told, shows us the three that we, we you know, fraternize with this third one. Not, 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 not only the world, not only the flesh, but the devil himself. See, pride, and that's what he, that's what he points out here. Um, and, and in this particular passage, that pride is Satan's greatest sin, and, and Satan just wants us to be prideful. Uh, in verse 6 of our passage here, um, 
Look what he says. He's, he's pointing all this stuff out. Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture, verse 5, says without reason that the spirit he has caused to live in us envies intensely? And then verse, verse 6. Then boom. Let's look at this. But he gives us more grace. Wow, man. This was looking so dark right here. This was just like, I was just getting depressed. It's like, look at this. This is, but he gives us more grace. Wow. See, God wants us to depend on his grace. Satan wants us to depend on ourselves. See, that's the American way. Pull yourself up by the, your bootstraps. Let's do it. We can make it if we try. God wants us to depend on His grace. Satan wants us to depend on ourselves. And it's a real subtle deal. See, Peter was following Jesus, wasn't he? He was following Jesus. He's loving on Jesus and all that stuff. And then Jesus was confronted with, with the betrayal. And they came to arrest Jesus in the garden. And so what did Peter do? He pulled out that sword and he chopped his, oh, he, he was an ugly scene, bloody scene. Fights and quarrels. It just seemed right. If you look. And that's how subtle it can be when we're not depending on God's grace. And we're depending on ourselves. It can slip in there in a moment's notice. And that's the reason, that's the reason we need to be daily to sitting before Abba Father and just, you know, intaking this word, spending time in prayer, doing life together with other believers who lovingly point out, yeah, you know what? That looks pretty much like the world to me. What does our Savior say? It really is a sobering checklist and it really comes down uh, to this. It, we can be deceived, and there's, there are people that are. There are people that are. They don't have real faith. They have real religion. They have a real good track record of going to church. They have a real good memory, know some scripture verses. But they don't know Jesus. That's scary. Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Now, this isn't a performance religion. But the first, the first desire, the will of the Father is this. He wants you to depend on His grace. And the greatest demonstration of His grace it's Jesus, to trust him and to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So my challenge for me and you is this, say, just lay it up there, say, God, show me, reveal to me. Because what I'm seeing is there's some, uh, there's some conflict, there's some battling, there's some unsettledness, there's some unhappiness, there's some stuff that's going on. Is it because I'm kind of sliding away from you or is it because I, I don't have the real thing? 
And he, listen, that's his job. That's the job of the Holy Spirit to be revealed truth. To reveal truth. But, he, but, but, but the good news is, is that he shows you exactly what to do. Verse 6 goes on to say, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. You know, here's the big, here's the big stopper right here and stumper for a lot of us. is, You know, you go to church and you got all this stuff and all of a sudden you go, there's no way I would admit that I haven't had the real thing for the last 10 years. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. There's just an upside. There's just an upside to humility. Don't see that in our, in our world. He, and, and, and we're not going to get through with this, but he tells you what you can do. Start, start right here. And, and, and depending on his grace, submit to God. Would you submit your life? Would you submit the, uh, the condition of your faith to God right now and let him reveal his truth to you through his word and through his Holy Spirit? What a great way to start off 2021. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much that you are persistent, that you love us, that, um, God, you, you, you're not out here to just make us feel, feel better about ourselves. You're here to redeem us and to give us true life. Jesus, thank you that you are the way, the truth, and life. And, oh, Holy Spirit, if you reveal to any of us today that we, that, that we need your forgiveness, that we need real faith, saving faith, transforming faith, today we choose to come and submit ourselves to you. And submitting ourselves to you means that we humble ourselves. It means that we repent. We, we turn from doing life as we think it should be and allow you to guide us and lead us through your word and through your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we just pray that you would help us to see your truth as you see it. And we ask that you would, as we humble ourselves, that you would raise us up to experience life and life abundantly. Lord, we pray that for this body, that, Lord, you would do such a great work. There'd be such an abiding love here that the world would take notice because of your transforming work and that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you uh, for your attentiveness on this. Are y'all digging James? He's so sweet. <laughs> James, come on. You know, you'd think he'd be a little nicer than that, having been the half-brother of Jesus. You know, come on, James. No, this is powerful, wonderful stuff. Thank God for the truth of his word uh, as he reveals it to us. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CCC Roswell. Learn more and find ways to get plugged in at Crosspoint by visiting our website, crosspointonline.org. There, you could drop us a line or submit a prayer request. Like what you hear? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next week.